0: I think, ultimately, don't try and do it all yourself. Um, trust people more earlier. Yeah. So don't, don't wait so long that it becomes so painful that you, you're forced to do it. Um, and I think a lot of that is finding other people in whether it's agency land or web developer land who, who are already where you aspire to be and find out how they solve those problems rather than trying to
1: Break yeah. your own back. G'day folks Troy Dean here and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast uh, this is the first time we've ever shot an episode of the podcast live here in the silence is golden studio so if you're listening to this podcast I strongly suggest you come on over to wpelevation.com at some point and check out the vision because it's kind of neat and this seat right next to me at the moment is empty But in a few moments, you will see Peter Freeman from Wolf Media, who was actually on the podcast back in episode uh, 30 or 31 or 32. We're not sure yet. We can't remember, but we'll find that and we'll dig it out and we'll put it in the show notes. Um, Peter is back in Melbourne. He now lives in Canada. He's back in Melbourne visiting a client And he said, hey, I'll pop in and say good day. Peter and I have been missing each other at airports the last few years, trying to meet up in real life. And he said, hey, I'd love to come down and meet you in real life. And I said, excellent. Well, in that case, I'm going to throw you in the hot seat and we're going to make an episode of the podcast. And he kindly obliged. And in this episode, we talk about the importance of finding a niche and how that has transformed Peter's business. We talk about the importance of delegating because um, despite how it might be painful to admit, as it is for me, you are not excellent at everything. I know, I can't believe I just admitted that publicly, but it's true, I'm not excellent at everything. There are other people in this business that do things better than me. Hard to believe, I know, but it's true. So we talk about the importance of delegating. Uh, It's a great episode, there's lots to learn in this, so stay with us.
0: This is the WP Elevation
1: Podcast. Helping WordPress consultants elevate. Hey, this episode of the WP Elevation podcast is brought to you by WP Elevation. Well, more specifically, it's brought to you by a bunch of our happy customers. See, frankly, I feel a little bit awkward telling you how great WP Elevation is because you're probably not going to believe me because WP Elevation is my baby it's something that we started over three years ago of course now we're a team of, of of coaches and mentors and we have hundreds and by the time you're listening to this probably thousands of members all over the world but it still really is something that I'm very passionate about and and of course if you join WP Elevation we make revenue and we make profit so it's a little bit awkward if I tell you how great it is because you probably think I'm just trying to sell you on it and partially I am because I know how beneficial the program is. So what I'd love to do instead is just introduce you to some of our customers. So if you go to wpelevation.com slash the podcast, one word, you'll be able to hear some of those stories from our customers and hear for yourself how WP Elevation has impacted their business and changed their lives. I hope you enjoy that and I hope you check it out at some point. Right now, let's get back to the podcast. Hey Peter Freeman, welcome to the program. Good to be here. Good to see you man, in yeah, person, absolutely. finally, we've been p- passing each other at airports for the last few years. For those that don't know, tell us who you are, where you're from, and what you do.
0: So I'm Peter Freeman, a former podcast guest on Troy Dean's WP Elevation. I think it was episode 31, 32, somewhere around there. Yep. We were having a chat on a table over in my hometown of Port Lincoln, mm-hmm. over in South Australia, and talking about the logistics of perhaps me moving to Canada and what that would mean in, in running an agency over in Canada. So we run a small tourism marketing agency based in Port Lincoln originally. We mm-hmm. now work with clients all around Australia. Mm-hmm. I now live and work from Canada. Um, cool. Got a wife and four beautiful children over there and awesome. spend my time in between working odd hours with clients back in Australia and, and looking after for them back at home as well.
1: Yep. And I noticed that you said a tourism marketing agency, mm. not a web development shop Correct. or a web design agency, a tourism marketing agency. Mm. I
0: love it. Straight
1: away, if I'm like a motor mechanic, I know that you're not right for Correct. me. You're a tourism <laughs> marketing agency. Very deliberate. Motor it's mechanics awesome. struggle with budgets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um,
0: let's, let's just park here for a minute. How did you discover tourism
1: marketing? What was the attraction
0: there? Yeah, so the, the backstory with Wolf Media, as we're now called... Um, mm-hmm. Started back in about 2001 when it was founded by my business partner, Naomi, who started it as a design and print agency. Yep. And yeah, And Port Lincoln's quite a tourism destination in South Australia. It's yep. very well known, beaches, seafood, everything else. So we naturally, back then, mm. um, attracted a lot of tourism clients. We ended up producing a lot of tourism material and became known in that space. Mm. But being a small regional area, we also had... The, the bill paying jobs with everything else that everyone needed, logo design, brochures, everything else for all types of businesses. So, yeah. so there's very much a maybe 60, 40, 70, 30 split in favor of tourism. Um, and that continued on until I joined six and a half years ago um, bringing a digital side of the business and we, we started attracting digital work, websites and so on. Got to a point where my plan was to move to to Canada and okay how do we make this work we don't necessarily have a lot of the clients we enjoy working with locally we had a quite a few we did quite a few we didn't mm-hmm. and it was a case of how do we make this work when I'm no longer physically here um, and that really started a journey of analyzing where we wanted to be as a business and what they look like and who we wanted to work with and we basically went through a whole process with a, a business advisor unpacking that mm-hmm. um, who our ideal customers are has a yeah. budget we want to work with to d- deliver the outcome we want and it became very clear very quickly that we had a large base of tourism clients they were actually the ones we enjoyed working with mm-hmm. i mean ultimately in tourism you're working to promote a destination for food and fun and yeah, surf yeah. and all the rest of it i mean that is yeah. kind of enjoyable at the end of the day yeah. um, so we decided and it's only been two and a half three years ago that we decided okay we're going 100 percent down the tourism path, we redid our website, we took everything out of our portfolio that was non-tourism related, and it was basically just going hard at that. Um, That's the short version of it, obviously, there's a a lot more water under the- To to actually take mm. stuff that you're proud
1: of, even, you know, you might be proud of it, but it's not quite the the perfect audience, Mm. to take that out of your portfolio. How do you manage, because I know, Many, many people watching this, many of our elevator members and many people who, who um, are fans of the podcast, one of the big conversations we have about niching down, or niching down as mm-hmm. they say, in the, the, other, sense, in yes. the other, other hemisphere, is um, managing the FOMO around, mm-hmm. well, if we just go all in on the tourism marketing, you know, what about that accountant who's potentially got 20 mm-hmm. grand for a website? Are we going to miss out on that work? So how did you manage the FOMO? And the, the, the second part of that question is, do you actually say
0: no to non-tourism work? Initially, no. Right. So initially, we still had contacts and networks that we had where we were accepting work from non-tourism clients. But the shift we made was to make sure that our marketing was attracting more of yep. the work we wanted to do. And the FOMO is real. Um, yep. At the time, it was very much, I don't know if this is going to work. And when we hear all the, see all the success stories of all these other agencies niching down and being just one true version of themselves and knowing clearly what that is, but you always have that perception that, well, they must have done something tricky in the background to make that happen. Like, yeah. normal people can't do that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you kind of get that, f- it, it, it's a little guy on your shoulder basically saying, yeah. well, you can't do it. Yeah, It's not it's not gonna work. Yeah. Um, but what we did start doing a lot more of was building a lot more networks around us with people in the tourism industry and just by, f- just by specializing in tourism you, you naturally want to be the specialist for your clients so you you don't just know about building a website which i think is one of the biggest challenges for most um, traditional web developers web agencies they, yep. they're very good at building websites they don't necessarily understand their clients businesses mm-hmm. to the depth that they can be the, the trusted advisor basically yeah hundred so so my my own personal approach to that is is to be the guy that knows just as much about the tourism industry and how the marketing works in tourism, because it's, it's fairly unique with tourism. I mean, marketing's marketing at the end of the day, but the way it works in tourism is, is different to marketing an accountant or mm. uh, marketing a plumber or whoever. Yeah, um, and it's really competitive in the tourism it, it is. industry. It is, and there's some, um, there's some great stuff happening out there with, mm. with Australia particularly. Australia's held up on the world stage as sort of a leader in digital marketing and tourism and that sort of thing. So. Yep. There's, there's established networks, there's established business structures around tourism. So for me to be effective in helping our clients, which are, if we put them in a box, our ideal client is a regional tourism destination and the businesses within them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came from a regi- regional background, so that's our, mm-hmm. that's our fit, that's what we understand. Yep. Um, so those, those challenges that our clients face, we, we know them, we live them, but we also make it our job to understand what that industry looks like from their perspective.
1: And then once you've decided on that focus, the tourism industry, then finding your clients becomes a lot easier Mm -hmm. because there are tourism bureaus, there are uh, tourism organisations that represent all of those businesses Mm -hmm. in each of the locations. Mm -hmm. Um, And so is that where you start building relationships and start getting yourself known with the tourism bureaus and the tourism
0: industry associations? Definitely. And, And we already had some of those networks established and that, I guess, why we gravitated towards that space mm. um, particularly um, but increasingly it's it's the tourism conferences and, and things like that so australia for instance has a, a regional tourism um event once a yep. year and so it's it's regional it's tourism it's full of people who are potential <laughs> clients for us like so That's why would where you go fishing exactly right? yeah. so why why are we going to go to a um Statewide accountants conference. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they might be a great speaker on digital marketing, but is it relevant yeah. to our clients? Yeah. So, so it's about putting yourselves in those positions where you're likely to start building networks. Mm. Net- networks start with a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Go from there.
1: Absolutely, and and that's great. Networks start with a conversation. I'm totally stealing that. <laughs> and um, and so now the conversation that you have when you're at a conference, the conversation mm-hmm. that you have is not necessarily about we build websites no. because. You're a commodity if Mm -hmm. you build websites, right? So if you're at at the regional tourism conference here in Australia and someone says, what do you do? What's your your
0: opening line? Not to put you on the spot, but Mm. I'm going
1: to put you on the spot. What's your opening line?
0: Well, we're we're a tourism marketing agency that, that works with regional Tourism organisations and destinations. And Happy days. And I'm a regional tourism <laughs> destination, and I need some marketing help, Peter. Do you think you might
1: be able yeah, to help let's me? Let's talk some more. As opposed to the web guy down the road, who's just got we do websites mm-hmm. for fifteen hundred
0: dollars on his window, yeah. right? Fifteen-year-old nep- nephew that can do it for yeah. free. Cousin yeah. Billy with Dreamweaver. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's good.
1: Yeah. yeah. I almost had an agency no, so called Cousin Billy <laughs> once. I had an agency, and we were going to call it Cousin Billy <laughs> once. Um, That's so, great <laughs> so, 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 n- okay, so. He, I just want to take a little step sideways and Mm. talk about so you know you've got you've got the niche You're. I want to talk about this the fact that you're now working because when we've spoke on the original version the original episode of this podcast Mm. you were still in Port Lincoln you're now living in Canada you're back here in Australia visiting clients Mm. you thought you'd pop in to say good day. yeah yeah. (coughs) I just threw you in the hot seat and said we're gonna make (laughs) a podcast while you're here um how do you manage, uh, and so you've got a business partner in Adelaide, and you've got how many staff in Port Lincoln? Four staff in Port Lincoln. So you and your business partner have put four staff in an office in Port Lincoln, and then decided never to go to the office. Yeah,
0: pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like a couple of times a year. And That's just, fantastic. Just
1: to throw a bit of food and water under the right. door. Right, excellent. And so what's the technology stack that you use to manage the team from those different locations?
0: So we've, we've landed in a fairly common place in, in terms of that stack. So Google Apps. Yep. Collaboration mail the whole works. Yeah. Um, Adobe Creative Suite obviously. Yeah. Um, Zoom yep. increasingly we we sort of went r- round in circles with Hangouts and Skype and everything yeah, else, yeah. but Zoom is becoming yeah. the swift. I mean for us for uh, yep. clients and ourselves. Yeah. Um, Slack we live on Slack. Yeah. Uh, for internal chat and also increasingly we're bringing clients into that um, mm, as well for for the clients that we're working with on an ongoing basis for. Mm-hmm strategy management how do you find the adoption of slack with
1: clients who might not be as tech savvy? yeah
0: it, it, it's it's tricky for some mm. um, needs a little bit of hand-holding and training but the value for us in providing that is that it comes through one funnel and we've got so, everything in one place so, so it's do worth you, investing do you kind of put your foot down and say this is part of the way we do business and you you kind of you know stop emailing me, get in <laughs> yeah. slack you know? well that's part of the the reason we want people to use it more yeah. is the endless stream of emails. Yeah. I mean, internally, as you guys would probably know, I mean, Slack's like almost killed our internal email, which yeah, has yeah. been fantastic. Yeah, um, internal email is evil. Yeah. Actually, email is in, yeah. in general. But yeah. Um, but yeah, for clients, it's, it's a bit of a learning curve. But one of the things, and it's interesting with our business structure right now with it being so remote and distributed, a lot of our clients struggle with the same challenges, mm. funnily enough, mm. because they're in regional areas, internet's not necessarily as reliable, they might have people on the road. So uh, often they're actually quite interested in how we're making this work mm. from a systems perspective and then you get in the conversation, well we use uh. Slack and Google and all the rest of it. So so a lot of them aren't necessarily aware of these tools because they're not, they're not in our space where it's shiny object syndrome every yeah. five minutes and oh yeah, this yeah. looks good and this looks good. So we're increasingly, and a lot of those conversations I have with, with clients is is educating them on what's out there. Which, help them which well. helps position you as well. the expert to help regional mm. tourism yeah. destinations and businesses. Yeah, because it validates that whole uh, trust aspect of we actually know what you're dealing yeah. with in, in your yeah. space. And, and that's really important. And what do you use for project management? Project management, we're actually still using the same all-in-one suite almost uh, that we were using five years ago, Work Etc. Oh, um, oh, Work Etc. Yep. Which we've it's one of those that it's quite complex we we're only using pieces of it initially yep. um, we adopted the project management and timesheet side of it um, over the last few years and mm-hmm. it's, it's been fantastic for us mm-hmm. um, just in tracking time against parts of projects and being able to use that data to quote better um, typically with websites the age-old content takes five minutes when you quote it and yeah. 50 years <laughs> when you actually get there and do it. So yeah. so it's, it's learning as we grow with the types of projects we're taking on, we're using that very much as a, an intelligence tool to, to make ourselves awesome. more. Awesome. Oh, fun. that's neat. Basically, like yeah, quote better, charge yeah. charge more effectively. <clears throat> yeah, and stay profitable.
1: Yeah. Um, now, talking about project management, we were talking um, before we hit go on the cameras about how important it is to delegate things mm. off your desk I think a lot of people get caught in this mindset that I've got to delegate everything off my desk so that I can go sit on the beach and drink pina coladas. Mm. But the truth is that as your business grows, the reason that you need to delegate is because you just can't be excellent at everything, right? I mean, as much as it pains me to admit that publicly, Mm. you just can't be excellent at everything. (laughs) That's right. and and I used to suck at delegation. That was the thing that I sucked at the most. So how do you how do you and you? We were just saying before that you're locked out of the code in your business. You're not allowed to touch code. Um, how do you let go? And because the truth is, when you start delegating, other people do things differently. Mm-hmm. Right? And we had a baby recently who you met before. And one of the, the midwives, their big thing is, is they say, it's okay if your partner does things differently. Right? So, and, you know, Those it, it is. Yeah, that's right, that's right. It's okay that if that your one. partner <laughs> does things differently. So how do, you, how do you manage your own kind of mindset when you start to delegate and people do things differently? And it might not be the way you did it. And in fact, it might not even be up to the standard that you wanted it done. How do you manage your mindset knowing that if I just get back in there and start doing it myself, that's actually
0: more damaging to the business. It's hard, <laughs> yeah. ultimately. Yeah. And, and it's and I'm a recovering perfectionist, just like uh-huh. probably probably yourself. Yeah. Um, varying levels of OCD attached in there as well, so yeah. just ask my wife. Um, <laughs> but I, I think you get to a point where, and, and I have in the past, you just get so overwhelmed with the demand because things are growing and everything starts breaking and you start having to have a lot more I'm sorry conversations with clients that okay, things are taking longer because I'm having to learn this stuff before I deliver it and you get to the point where it's you just have to be upfront and honest with yourself look in the mirror and say yeah you're actually not doing the right thing by the business and you you kind of have to step back and and look at it as a business and saying what's best for the business and the, Mm. the best thing for the business is not for me to be touching code or is not for me to be typing content into a website or yep. editing photos or, or whatever because that's a $5 task. I could be yep. having the conversation with the regional tourism manager and signing up a large project that, yep. that will keep us going for the next six months or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, but easier to say, harder yep. to do because yep. the same thing It's or it's not gonna be done to the same standard or expectation and, and a lot of that having, uh, had a background in IT and technology and, and so forth and working with teams of, of staff doing this sort of thing, a lot of it comes back to having a defined process that someone can then be responsible for improving but making sure the outcome is to a level of quality. And that's mm. it's not, a, it's not an always easy process, or not a process that's easy to get to that point, but if you take a, an evolutionary approach to it mm. and just constantly tweak it, iterate improve the, it, iterate the, it, yeah. it Get to the point where the client's actually happy with the outcome, and we're happy with the process, and it's been efficient and profitable, and and yeah. off we go. Um, then you can start repeating that.
1: Yeah. And and delegating costs money, right? Because mm, you're, you're whether you're outsourcing or whether you're employing staff or whether you're you know collaborating with a PPC agency or whatever it is, yeah, you know, de- getting a task off your desk costs money. Mm. So how do you reconcile? Okay, I'm going to have to spend an extra you know five grand every quarter here to make this happen. Mm. Um, what's your approach then to make sure that you don't just burn that money like how do you reconcile that in your
0: own head as a business owner yeah well, there's risk in everything Mm -hmm. ultimately and I think there's in that situation and I I faced the same thing when I employed now full-time web developer where I was outsourcing a lot of the build Mm -hmm. which actually cost a lot more than having someone Mm in-house with the volume we were starting to turn over so it came to a point where okay we're actually not making any money on these projects anymore because the outsourcing's costing us more and then we've, we're dealing with clients who didn't necessarily have the budget to extend past that. So mm-hmm. so it's a case of, okay, well, if we bring this in-house, it'll cost us less. We can develop a person in-house who's potentially a replacement for myself down the track. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's all these other benefits around it. But in terms of um, the initial stage of that, there's still, again, there's a fear of, what if this goes wrong mm-hmm. and we've got a mouth to feed An employee, and I'm not getting enough work to to cater for it, to to fund it. So, a lot of it is about look looking at it practically and saying, okay, well, I'm now employing this person to do all of these things that I was doing. So, this means a certain amount of time that I can now devote to higher value tasks, bringing in Mm -hmm. more work. Now, you have to actually go out and do that, not not just sit on the beach and drink Pina Coladas, obviously. So, it's it's about redirecting your efforts into those higher value
1: areas. And the one thing i've learned over the years is that whenever you take on that additional risk whether it's employing someone or you know buying more resources for the business to automate and to delegate or uh, any of that additional financial risk is that for me maybe it's just my personality but for me it's like pouring fuel onto the fire Mm. i'm like i'm more motivated now to make sure i'm doing the high level Mm. stuff and the business development and creating the revenue Mm. because once i delegate something to someone and i understand and i realize that they can do it and most of the time, they can do a better job yeah. than me mm-hmm. with a little bit of training and a little bit of you know, guidance. They ended up doing the job better than me. I never want to go back and have to do that mm-hmm. job again because they're doing it. I don't want to take it away from them. I don't want to be in that seat because it's not my sweet spot. So if I go create more revenue, then that's like an insurance policy mm-hmm. for me having to go back to do that stuff because I can yeah. keep hiring people and keep deploying resources to do things that I'm, you know, that aren't my sweet mm-hmm. spot. Yeah, awesome. That's great. Um, final question before we let you go. Uh, and thanks also, a big thank you for letting me just throw you in the hot oh, seat here. Uh, Peter said he was going to come and pop in and say hi. And I said, great, let's just turn the cameras yeah, on and always, make a, an episode of the podcast. Always looking for content. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so um, this is a question that's tricky to answer. But if you could have a conversation with Peter Freeman five years ago, if uh, what would you say that would hopefully make the last five years a little smooth or, or maybe give you a little bit of a head start?
0: I think, ultimately don't try and do it all yourself. Um, trust people more earlier. Yeah. So don't, don't wait so long that it becomes so painful that you, you're forced to do it. Um, mm. and I think a lot of that is finding other people in whether it's agency land or web developer land who, who are already where you aspire to be and find out how they solve those problems rather than trying to break yeah. your own back Solving them yourself just through learning, and it's it's the yeah. same thing. I mean, do I want to go through all the pain of learning latest versions of PHP or whatever else, or do I want to get someone who's actually passionate about that stuff and, and can go and knock themselves out and be the best they can at it, and, yep. and I can just sit back and guide the process? I think number one piece of advice I think would be don't try and do it all yourself. Yeah, and <clears throat> great advice. Get- Kind of why I started
1: the podcast really for like free consulting. Yeah. Just well, ask a bunch of agency owners how they've done it, yeah, you know? Exactly,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, um, and there's, I mean, there's some great guys around the place, yourself and, and a lot of the team around WP Elevation. I mean, there's, there's people out there who have already been there and done it. I mean, yeah. why, why go out there and do it all yourself? Yeah, awesome. Learn, learn from it. I'll, I'll send you the bill for that. Thanks, Pete.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. Much appreciated. You're on episode 30 or 31 yeah. or 32. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, it's good to have you back and good to nice see today. that business is going well. So uh, keep it. in touch. Certainly well. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast as much as I did. Uh, we probably just kicked Peter out of the studio once the episode was over, so he's no longer here. Uh, you can learn everything about what we spoke about during the show here. All the links, all the resources, everything related to this episode will be at wpelevation.com slash Freeman. That's dot wpelevation.com slash Freeman. You can uh, check out the show notes there. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes uh, and give us a rating and a review. It actually helps us get the podcast in front of new ears and in front of more people who wanna learn about running a WordPress consulting business, just like you, Uh, wpelevation.com slash iTunes is where you can subscribe there. a Couple of other things I'd like you to do. Get on over to Facebook, wpelevation.com slash Facebook and uh, check us out. We, every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock Sydney time, we publish an episode of our Facebook show which is called Silence is Golden with myself and Simon Kelly. It's a lot of fun and you'll learn some stuff which is kind of our motto here, help people and have fun. And finally, uh, check us out on YouTube, wpelevation.com slash YouTube, and subscribe uh, over at YouTube to see the episodes of the podcast like this, and to see Silence is Golden, the replays of Silence is Golden, and also to see our WordPress how-to tutorial videos where we teach you how to do a whole bunch of cool stuff to help you run a more profitable WordPress consulting business. And if you go to wpelevation.com slash Snapchat or Instagram, you should get a 404 error page because we ain't there yet. All right, I hope you're enjoying this as much as we are. My name is Troy Dean. I look forward to seeing you next week on the show. Until then, go Elevate.